Ceci est un balado du Centre national des arts. Consultez d'autres fascinants fichiers balado sur les arts de la scène au baladocna.ca ou abonnez-vous gratuitement sur iTunes sous la rubrique Centre national des arts. Hello and welcome to NEC Dance with Kathy Levy. podcast, Kathy chats with NEC associate dance artist Ted Robinson, choreographer and artistic director of Ten Gates Dancing Inc., and composer Charles Quévillon on the eve of the NEC presentation and premiere of their latest creation, Love and Other Things, a drama for flower, clay, and bone. Welcome. <laughs> I'm here with uh, Ted Robinson and Charles Quevillon. Est-ce que j'ai prononcé ça oui. correctement? Parfait. Parfait. Welcome. So, Ted, I was reminded that it's been nine years since we last did a podcast it's chat a together. Time. It's a long time. A lot has happened <laughs> a lot between, has happened. between uh, then and now. Yeah. You've had many, many lives, including this incredible collaboration, over 20 collaborations with uh, Charles. Mm -hmm. So maybe uh, both of you can tell us in your own words, how you met and began working together? Uh, let's see. How I recall it is that uh, Lucy Boissonneau, I was commissioned to do a piece for the school in Montreal. At that time, LADME. And uh, she said, well, we, we collaborate with the conservatoire, with a young composer, with a, an established choreographer. And I said, I don't want one. <laughs> Thank you. You <laughs> know me. I just conservatoire... In Montreal. Yes, yeah. Conservatoire de Musique de Montréal. Parfait, merci. <laughs> and I said no, and I said no, and I said no, and finally I said yes. And so Charles wrote me, and he said, so I'm going to be in the piece, and I'm <laughs> going to play this new instrument that I've just gotten, and uh, I have some good ideas, whatever. And I went, and in my head, I went, does he know who I am? <laughs> so, anyway. And uh, did you know who he was? No. 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 <laughs> okay. All right. We'll get your version of the story yeah. in a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then he came. I said, fine. And he came just after his 21st birthday on the 21st of March uh, and came to rehearsal. And, and um, we've been working together since. That was 2010. Wow. So you were somehow convinced. What's your version? Uh, it's approximately the same. Um, and then... What's interesting, maybe after the yes. the first performance, Ted just handed me a, a DVD with another piece and said, oh, maybe you can try to do some music on this one. Okay. And I was surprised, but happy. But you went to the Conservatoire. That's, you know, my impression of that is that somebody quite interested in classical composition 
goes to Conservatoire. Oh, well, Conservatoire Montreal, they have an electroacoustic uh, department and they do a lot of experimental stuff. And they, it's also uh, with Louis Dufort, who's teaching there, that uh, this co collaboration with Lanmi uh, has started, I think. Did you know that you wanted to do something with dance? I did one piece with like theater dance the year before and I really liked it. And uh, then I, yeah, I did apply for the program, the sort of exchange. Okay, yeah. with Let Me. Yeah, because I wanted to collaborate, I think. Were you classically trained? Not, not so no? too much. I did play classical guitar, but uh, I'm not a proper classical composer. Because right, it's, it's a funny collaboration sometimes between a choreographer and composer, and you don't often see what you guys have created, which is mm -hmm. more than the composer creating the music and sending it in, this real collaboration. Maybe you can talk to me about some of how that worked. There's a piece called Ted and Charles Doing Things with Sticks. Was that the first one? Uh, the first duet for us. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that's after a few collaborations okay. uh, out at the barn. Right. Um, so let's remind listeners what the barn is oh, and was. Yes. Well, <laughs> I had a farm out in the Pontiac up at Lac Leslie, and I turned the barn into a studio theater, which would seat about 40 people. Uh, which the NAC bust people out and sold tickets to we the sure very did. first performance <laughs> we called sure Rocks. Did. Yeah. It was pretty fantastic. And um, one of the things that happened was that the DVD that I gave Charles was uh, Yvonne Ong, uh, a piece I made for her called Sticks. And he wrote the music to it and was nominated for Dora. Oh, wow. The Dora <laughs> Awards in Toronto. Yes. Right. The Theatre yeah. and Dance Awards. Yeah. yeah. It was right off the bat. Wow, fantastic. Didn't win, though. Okay. But anyway. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nomination is important, too. Good recognition. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, then we did a collaboration. Um, was that the next one? Uh, the uh, what, what was it called? Fable. Yes, Fable. At the, the barn at for the barn. one month. And Fable then, as in fable? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we had a storyteller. It was in French. And we made a, made a fable based on the Arthurian legends. He was the, he played his. Yeah, I played my instrument called Cluster, which is the, the instrument also performing the first piece we did. Okay. And it's made by uh, my cousin, actually. He's a guitar maker called Thierry André. Okay. And he made this fantastic instrument, which mm -hmm. is called Cluster, because it's like a mix of many, many different types of instrument. Mostly guitar, mostly string instruments? Yeah, string instrument. Okay. Like, so wow. it's a mix between kora, which is an African instrument made with a gourd, mixed with a oud, which is an Arabic lute, and also a mix with the harp guitar, which is guitar with two necks. Okay. So. Wow. So you had this very special instrument, which creates a very special sound? Yeah, and also it looks very interesting because uh, I think it really fits with Ted's world because it was sort of a... A culture so that uh, either futuristic or primordial. So, so it's like is that how you describe Ted's world: futuristic and primordial. Well, there, there's there's always been some kind of a ritualistic kind of aspect to well to the work we created, anyway. Mm -hmm. I think. Did you go back and look at all his videos of all his or VHSs? Dare I say of of uh, of all Ted's earlier works before you started collaborating? Uh, while we were collaborating, okay. we watched, yeah. Yeah. After yeah. dinner, there was always this uh, <laughs> Ted 
that's all pieces. Right, of course, it, it, it's, it's interesting to be reminded of Facets, which is yes. a piece that you brought here to the NEC. So that was, tell us a little, remind us a little bit about that collaboration. Well, it was, it was uh, 2015, and what I did, it came about because I wanted to destroy my archives, and I said this kind of publicly in a small gathering of uh, uh, eight days, which was started out at the barn. And um, people were up in arms that anybody would want to destroy their video archives. I just said, well, it's, unless it's useful, I don't want to keep it. I don't want other people to see it. So that brought me to with some pressure, invite six young creators, Charles being one of them, um, to spend two weeks with me, look at my my solos. We just narrowed it down to that with others. And then they went upstairs uh, at my, my place into the studio and made solos based on influence by my old work. And then I brought them together for four weeks and made a made my vision of putting their solos together into a group piece. With new input from all of the collaborators, including yes. Charles. Yes, exactly. Right. Yeah. And and what did you feel about that in the end? I mean, there's your work. Did you end up destroying all those videos, by the way? I have not yet. Good, good. Could you give them to like York <laughs> University or somewhere where dance archives are kept so that eventually well, someone actually will Actually, the National Archives has been after me for them. Good. That makes sense. All right. Well, good. That's you, a, you introduced me to this guy. And he's, that's he's, that's true. Yeah. That's true. One of our great subscribers. That's yeah. true. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that's a good plug for uh, keeping <laughs> Ted's work. Yeah. But I mean, Facets was incredible because it had this this ability to be another, you know, it's sort of the, the sum being bigger than the parts. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's ongoing because uh, the idea was that then this was their work. We didn't, Ten Gates didn't uh, own their work. They could collaborate with each other and make new work out of their solos, which Angie and James Ganam have done, uh, which they, they just did something in Vancouver. They're trying to bring it to Dance Made in Canada. We did something with uh, Riley. Riley and took it out to um, Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. um, and I think Angie did something special in Montreal at one point or in Toronto or something like this. So that the work That's keeps beautiful. going. And it was sort of a concept of how to disseminate work that wasn't so we were trying to think of new ways to disseminate work, Tina. So. Of course, I want to talk about the work that you're going to be premiering on the 26th of May here at the National Arts Centre. But before I do, I, I have to talk about Trust. Yes. This duet, this collaboration that the two of you um, made and presented at the Diefenbunker outside of the core of Ottawa. This is a piece that resonated so much with me. And I'm just curious, before we sat down to start this talk, you said we might argue a lot, but I'm curious, a piece called Trust, when you're telling me that you might argue a lot. So I'd love to hear from each of you. It's such a seminal and important work, it seems. Just like to hear how that came about for you. Yeah. Um, it was two years ago. And uh, we worked on Trust. What did we do before that? Like it's hard to. I think facets was before trust. Yes. Yeah. And you did a work with Amy Henderson. Room with at sticks. At one point, room yeah. with sticks. Yeah. That was also presented was in Ottawa at the. Yeah. That was that at the. Uh, Curling club. The Curling club. That's right. Also presented at the FTA and at the Vancouver International Dance Festival. Right. Of course. Yeah. yeah for for me, yeah. There's a vibration. Interesting truck, vibration. Truck in this room, yeah. <laughs> but for me, trust really started when first we visited the Defend Bunker space. Mm -hmm. So that's. My first strong memory. But what made you go to the Diefenbunker space? Tina Legary. Aha. Uh -huh. She it. was looking for... Shh. 
But there's something about wanting to create work in a non-traditional space. Right. So that was the premise, I guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And uh, yeah, the space was very inspiring because the, the acoustic in there was uh, very special. And also uh, it was very cold and dark and humid. So we couldn't stay there too long <laughs> <laughs> or we had to add coats. And, but, uh, and also I, re- I wanted to explore rocks because, and it really made sense with the space, which is all cement. So yeah, once I visited the space, I knew what I wanted to do in there. And Ted? And just to say that the space was the place where they were supposed to, they were going to keep the gold and it's 75 feet underground. It's like the lowest one and it's totally a, a cement room with four huge cement pillars to support it. And so it was, it was a fascinating place and it was at the end of a long hallway. So visually with huge safe doors, like doors to it, it was like a big safe. And um, so it was very stimulating to go and And they were great because they let us visit once a week. Once we were be- three, four weeks before the show, we could go and just go there for a couple of hours and hang out and test mm-hmm. things out. And, and then we made it at my place. Uh, several different versions over over a period of about six months. We had, you know, which usually happens. And just, uh, you know, my usual process and... I guess it's Charles's as well, is just to keep trying things and, and then it develops. So, you know, we got the houses somehow and they became our masks. But they became, we looked at, at issues The houses of meaning a little prop that you used. Yes, right. that became like a mask and they, they provided other things. Uh, the, the idea, though, is that, that we trust inside our domains and this kind of thing. So there's little bits of symbolism that make yeah. intellectual sense. Like safe places. Safe places, yeah. yes. But it's very different, I think, making a piece that you're in versus making a piece that you're not in. And, mm-hmm. Ted, of course, you've been uh, in both those positions with these collaborations. Trust was just the two of you. Yeah. yeah. So who calls the shots? Yeah, I, I mean, the the first duet we did, Charles and Ted, was really, I was doing my concept and Ted was doing his, so it worked quite well. And Trust is a bit the same, it's except the same. there's a bit more uh, interaction and we're in the same space. In Charles and Ted, we were in different spaces. And uh, who calls the shot? Um, that's, I mean, that's the pleasure of collaboration sometimes. We, <clears throat> we never know where it will come from, sort of. <laughs> Yeah, it's really it really is that somebody that I think we're free enough to make comments on each other. I accept his artistic uh, aesthetic and and you know sometimes we might offend each other, but I, it's very rare, I think. But well, it leads it leads well to this new collaboration that yes. uh, is about to premiere, and I love the title "Love and Other Things: A Drama for Flower, Clay, and Bone." Mm-hmm. Beautiful title. You always have beautiful titles, by the way. You, okay. <laughs> the two of you come up with great titles. And this is um, a culmination, really, isn't it, of, of many, many years of, of working together, I guess. Yeah. Uh, your residency, Charles, in Japan and the work that you've been exploring around some of your literary influences. Maybe you can talk a little bit, a big group piece, really, that uh, I rumor has it you may make an appearance in, Ted. So, uh, <laughs> and more more musicians, I think, more yeah. singers. So, yeah. uh, this was really a, a, a 
conscious effort on my part to give Charles more uh, access to the musical side because we had been working more on a, you know, in those 20 works that we've done, it was basically dance heavy, except for our duets, which was, but he was also performing physically, so... Yes, you become a very good dancer, by the way. I wanted to mention that after uh, after we talked, discuss trust. <laughs> Come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Dave. Uh, so, so I thought, well, we need to have like more of a balance between the musicians and the dancers, and and give him, you know, that it's not all reliant on him. That he's actually working with musicians, like I'm working with dancers, blah, that, that kind of thing. So. Uh, we were lucky enough, lucky and unlucky enough. Sometimes when you get a grant, we got a new chapters grant for this, a small one. But it was, you know, we're very grateful to have this. So our listeners fund. understand this is a very special grant that the Canada Council for the Arts gave to certain artists last year to create big vision work. Yeah. Right? So we took it from a five-person work to an 11-person work with that money. Wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. rare in contemporary dance that we get to see larger, larger yeah. collaborations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and for me, it was I really wanted to uh, to make uh, to sum up all all my experiences from before and to sum it up in that work. So that's why I wanted to work with musician because I've I've been writing music for a musician for uh, eight years, and then um, and in our work. I think there's one other work where I there was other musician other than me on stage, but it was a piece I had composed before. So now it, it's very special because it's music expressed ex, 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 expressively expressively yes. composed for this, and it's all singer and and I didn't write too much for singers too. So so that's a new venture as well. Yeah. So Song, it's been voice. Right. So it's been two years where I uh, dive into this world. Do they sing text or is it more sounds? Yeah, it's, it's the voice is used more as an instrument and it's um, and the singers are not so happy all the time because I tend to think of uh, singing, writing for s- singers that, as they were synthesizers. Okay. And so. they want to be written for as singers. Well, it's just sometimes they have high notes and... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not used to to that all the time. But you also have a very creative way of using certain instruments. I managed to see a little bit of the rehearsal yesterday, and you had this fantastic uh, sonic bowl on your head that yes. you were that you were hitting with somewhat like a drumstick, but a very thick yes. stick. So that in itself is an interesting marriage. What was that instrument? What was that sound that you were after there? Yeah, so that's a, a gong, the rin gong, and it's used. Uh, Mostly in Japan, they have uh, many kinds of that instrument in the in the Zen temples, and also in other Buddhist temples across the world. And uh, I don't know at some point because me and Ted, especially Ted, we always experiment with stuff. The first thing we do is put put them on our heads. Yes, <laughs> some of our um, patrons will remember uh, Ted with a very large. Bamboo tree. The on first your head? one was yucca. A yucca tree. A yucca on tree. Yes. Yeah, dry yucca tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, did you go to Japan, Charles, for yes. a music residency? You were there for three months, right? Yeah, I got a calc 
from the yeah. cult residency and I, three months in Tokyo. I was uh, staying there. And um, and this was to do with this work? As yeah. Well. I see. Okay. Yeah. Specifically to create the sonic yeah. uh, environment. Okay. Right. Yeah. And uh, there I had uh, really nice experiences um, working with uh, Yoshito Ono as in the Buto workshop. And that really uh, is the basis of the inspiration for that piece. Yeah. How old is Yoshito Ono now? The the yeah, son of the very famous Kazuo Ono, but a wonderful performer in his own right. Yeah, and he still uh, teaches, uh, I think, two workshops a week, and you can have private lessons with him. And he must be around 80, 82, maybe. Wow, fantastic. Yeah. I saw him perform with Kazuo Ono when he was already in his late 50s or 60s, so yeah. very exciting. Yeah. yeah. So you went and studied with him a bit? Right, yeah. yeah. I did, uh, and I did have a very nice uh, comment from him. He said, oh, today you're was very good <laughs> and that was my diploma <laughs> that means a lot it's interesting when an artist goes for that kind of immersion because it really is a change that you can never go back from isn't it it informs you if it's a positive experience yeah did it did it change how you came back and collaborated not only the information that you had the new music ideas but did it change how you approach the collaboration the collaboration With, um on the new work of course, yes. Well, uh, I mean, I'm not sure you're talking about the collaboration specifically between me and Yes, Zed, you went there to do this residency, yeah. and I'm wondering if that experience not only informed how you compose, like, yeah, the composition, but also how you work together. Yeah, I mean, I understood a bit more uh, about Ted's inspiration because uh, okay. he's, he was quite a bit inspired by a Japanese culture in his work. So uh, to me, to get, uh, like, to live that culture for three months was uh, informed. Formative. Okay. Yeah. So I get to know a bit more about Ted through this trip. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So where does the title come from? Well, it was, it, it, it's changed a lot. It okay. was La Platform, Rites and Rituals of Love and Other Things. Okay. <laughs> that was very long. Then it became Rites and Rituals. Then it became Love and Other Things. Yeah. I think that was basically the progression. Yeah. And what is it? What is it for you? This piece now, Ted. I mean, it's, we've talked about the fact that it's a big piece, eleven performers, different kind of opportunities for Shaw to be a, a collaborator with you. But now you're on the verge of premiering it. What? Well, it's been a long journey because I usually I'm quite quick at what I do, and I'm very impatient, and I I just want to get things done usually. So six months is a good time for me to make a piece, or a year. But I think about it a lot before, and I live it and stuff. But the actual working, this has been a two-year process. So each time we we get together, we've gotten together to do residencies now four times, I think. And uh, each time we make about 40 minutes of material, and we keep to the next time not very much of that. So we've made like four works. Wow. <laughs> in a way. How, as it's You're developed. set for life. <laughs> yeah, but there's a reason why why we don't bring that material okay. along. <laughs> it's like not the outtakes, the outtakes version of Ted and Charles. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so this, and, and actually, I've learned an awful lot because I never used to, I never know what I'm going to do. This is the other thing. And, and these days, this is going to go in, I don't want to go into a little rant, but... These days, the funders are wanting so much more to know what you're going to do before you do it. I think it's really unfair uh, in a way. You should know something. You should know where your inspirations are. I mean, I've been writing grants for 30 years, 40 years. 
but now they want more specific things. So we did that, and it's not really what it what it what we wrote about two years ago. And how has that changed? I mean, I remember talking to you about some of these ideas two years ago, exactly. and here we are now. So how has that changed? Well, it's not really to do with Madame Butterfly anymore. With the original inspiration. The original inspiration, because I've been obsessed with Madame Butterfly most of my life. You've done at least two solos or two pieces. Well, I've done one huge group work that was a um, co-production with the NAC called Lepidoptera in 1989. And then my very first work was called Crimes of Difficult Proof. And that was a butterfly image as well. And it was was using Pauline Oliveros' Bye Bye Butterfly. Um, So it's been, it's, it's really entered my work a lot through the years. And I thought, well, I've got a chance. It's my last big piece, I imagine. I don't believe that at all. <laughs> but. He told me when he turned 50 that it was his last piece, and that was, what, 12 years ago? So, yeah. sorry to reveal more. your age, but, you know, more I'm than 25 now. Okay, so like, 65, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it's big. Um, so I thought I'd like to do one more, I'd like to get one more stab at really trying to understand this, why why I'm obsessed with this. And, and through the process, we've sort of dropped all of that because as things emerge, you have to go with what you're creating, not with what you said you were going to create. So this whole thing kind of um, evolves and then you have these realizations about about life, what it's like now, what, you know, because of the reality of grants. And anyways, it's a huge revelation to me that I just need to do my work right. in a way. Right. And we all just need to do our work. What about for you, Charles, in terms of this big, big project, what you started with and where you are now yeah. before you premiere? Oh, I started in Japan. I, I wrote like the whole thing, sort of. I had the whole thing <laughs> planned in my mind. And then, uh, so, and we we communicated with Ted while I was there, but not not so, so much. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I had the whole opera in my mind. But then when we started working in the studio, everything changed. And I kept wanting to have the, what I planned to be in the piece, but kept trying to, f- make my way into this and uh, it was quite uh, sometimes quite difficult because uh, I had some ideas pretty strong and it didn't work so well with Ted and uh, that's where the arguing comes in <laughs> the healthy arguing <laughs> yeah yeah I mean uh, friction is, is is good sometimes absolutely yeah absolutely we need friction yeah and <laughs> and then <clears throat> um, I dropped some ideas of course and uh, I because beginning I wanted to work, do a work about love and that was very clear in my mind for from the workshop with uh, Yoshito Ono I had this sort of revelation of if you can call that and um, I wanted to work on love and uh, but my first idea was to have a very broad and to have sort of all the aspects of love being sort of dialogue between uh, different kinds of love that we experienced through life. And uh, I had to drop a couple of types of love. But they somehow re-emerge in other forms, I think, in the work. And so I'm, I'm, I think if I look back at my original plan, it's, there's some similarities. So it's... But that's why it's love and other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah now, this, you, you, um, you mentioned this word residency, and um, we've just been so thrilled at the NEC to have all of you really is our first in-residence project in the Rossi Pavilion, one of our new public spaces, yeah. filled with all this light and 
you know, an, an okay floor to, to work on and move. And so this is incredible for us to, to have you here. And I'm just curious what that experience has been like for you. I know you just started this week, but... Yeah, it's incredible for us too. It's really nice. It's such a great space to work in. Like, normally you're in a dark room. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. And now it's light and there's lots of things around. And uh, I have, it's really great. And for me, it's very resonant with my work at the barn. Because we're working with sunlight, we're going to have the show right at dusk. Uh, so we'll go from light to dark. Uh, plus the airiness of it, you know, reminds me that, you know, at the barn, I used to be able to just go outside and it was you'd see the sky. Um, also, what the great, great thing is, is to work in the room you're going to perform in for two weeks before you perform. It's just fabulous. Yeah, I don't think we're people so realize good. that. It's, oh it's so rare that we get to yeah. do that. Really rare. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, you have a comfort, you know, with the, and I can arrange the chairs, you know, it's like, okay, this, this person's, because I go and sit in all the chairs to see what the viewpoint is, because mm. we're working a little bit in the round. Okay. You know, a little bit. So people will be like two thirds around the performance area? Probably, yeah, yeah two thirds ish, maybe mm-hmm. half. Okay. Yeah. We're going along the windows. And, yeah. Yeah. I, for people who haven't seen the space, I mean, it's just open glass yeah. windows. People can yes. see in a bit from the street and certainly yeah. from... Lots of people around. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting for me because like the first duet, it was in the forest yeah. and I was playing trees. The second duet was in a bunker, rocks and I playing rocks. Yeah. And then the third, well, this I, I third collaboration, it's, yeah. it's like singers and... We have all, it's surrounded by people because of all the glass. Do you think that um, creating work for, let's say, non-traditional spaces adds a certain sonic element to the work? I mean, you talked about the Diefenbunker being a particular yeah, yeah. sonic. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about the, um, what is it, the roller derby rink? Oh, the, 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 the curling rink. The curling rink, sorry. Yes, yes. I mean, again, you know, does does that play, Is it, does that become part of the composition or the choreography? yes. But uh, this one, I don't know how exactly still. I think there's some link, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we still need to find more interaction with the space. I yeah. Think. And also what's happened is that because it is a visual space and, I, and because I started to visit it before it was finished, so I sort of was dreaming about this. Once we had decided this was going to happen and we had permission and all this kind of things, all these things, uh, I had it in my mind of being in this this area and working with the sun and all this stuff um so it became for me also the change artistically was that it became a lot a very visual thing for me and what charles is doing is very visual how he works with his stuff so it became a series of just as his music this is how i think of it is very sonically imagistic I'm working with images that it might, and as a usual thing with my work, it doesn't necessarily have a flow and make sense narratively, but there's a sense of it. I, I call my work sort of abstract, abstract narrative stuff. And uh, and so that's what this is. It's a series of imagery that you could interpret as love and other things, but you might interpret it as something else. Right. I I learned that you have also commissioned an artist to write a graphic novel as a commemorative companion to the work. Oh, lovely, yes. Can you you tell us about that? And will people be able to to purchase one and and have it as... We're selling them out at the door for five bucks. 
um, Mark Bath, who I met. I'm doing a, a whole project in Newfoundland last summer and this summer. Uh, I'm the only non-Newfoundlander in the project, which is such an honor. Um, and I met him there. I met Karen Fennell there as well, who's who's dancing in the piece. Um, and I wrote this story, this narrative. And uh, at first, it was going to cover all the things that I said that I said I was going to do in the grant. I was going to do in the graphic novel, and sort of cover my myself. And then then that changed. So it's a story, a graphic novel that intersects with the piece. You don't need to know what's in the graphic novel to uh, sort of enjoy the work. But I'm hoping that if people read it afterwards, they'll go, they'll have this little aha moment where they go, oh, Mike, that's what that is. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So, yeah. So it just intersects. Yeah. And we must say that we have hidden small clay pots <laughs> across the city. Small Outs. clay pots. Yes. Okay. And they have a 10 gates uh, inscription on them. And so if you find one and you come to the show, you get a free zine. Oh, you have to bring your bowl, your clay pot yeah. to the show. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. So people should keep their eyes open, open for that around park benches and malls that and that thing. kind of idea. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Different things. Uh, in amongst the tulips that we're enjoying right now. In, in, well, maybe. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I know there's one in a tree. Ah, uh-huh. mm-hmm. so uh, again, as we wrap up, I mean, Ted, you know, I, I tease you about how, you know, this is never your last project. I'm just curious, Charles, for you, what's what's next for you after this? Oh, for me, I'm, um, I mean, moving to Finland. So I'm um, starting collaboration with uh, a photographer in Finland and we have a show and a festival called Our Festival. In uh, Our as in the hour of the day? No, as a... Uh, as in possessive? Possessive, okay. Okay. yeah. And it's in Tuusula. And you're moving to Finland for love and fatherhood. Exactly. Fantastic. Congratulations <laughs> about that. So you'll have to collaborate by Skype, I guess. That kind of thing. We have a couple of uh, commissions to do, so he'll. So it'll be a long distance thing. We'll see how we'll see how that works. And uh, and I'm going to start on a new solo next year for yourself. Yeah. See, it never it's never going to end. And I don't want to rush to other things because, of course, we're going to enjoy. These performances that yes. start on May 26th mm-hmm. and run in the pavilion at the National Arts Centre. And I'm yes. so looking forward to it. And who knows, this this project itself might find itself in other pavilions and other spaces for, for many seasons to come. Well, that's the other thing that we, we tend to do is we'll do something specifically for one venue, it seems. And then we adapt it to another venue that could be totally different. So it's it's fun to do that. Yeah. I don't see where you guys argue at all. I mean, I think this is... Uh, oh, we've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly compatible collaboration. Yeah, and we must also uh, acknowledge the wonderful performer performers yes. we're working with. Yeah. yeah, do you want to mention the performers and the other collaborators? Yes, of course, the, the singers. There's um, Varam Sarkisian, which is Ar- Armenian, but living in Montreal. There's also Sarah Albu, David Cronkite, and Maud Côté-Gendron, and there's also a percussionist, Mathias soli le Tartre. Okay. And the dancers are Riley Sims, uh, Karen Fennell, and Paige Cully, uh, with a special appearance by uh, Alana Kreivelt. And, huh? and Angie? Angie's my assistant. Oh, she's not Angie? Angie yeah, she's... And I think there's another special appearance, poten- potentially? Well, there... Oh, moi. 
from you. Yes. Uh-huh. I heard a rumor. You might show up in the piece. <laughs> yes, I'm supposed to show up in the piece, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little tri- tribute yeah. to Lindsay Kemp. Fantastic. And the lights are done by Kyle. Kyle. Alwalawa. <laughs> <laughs> and who made the sets? I saw there's these beautiful oh. set pieces. Mike Asuri. Mike Asuri. Yes. Okay, fantastic. I want to thank the two of you. Um, I'm extremely excited to see this work, and I hope that it is one of many to come in the future. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks, Kathy. Thank you. And thanks for the residency. It's great. Yes. Good. <laughs> I hope everybody will come see. You can peek during the day and also come to the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Thank you. for this NEC Dance Podcast. Send us your comments and questions by email at necpodcasts at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to NEC Podcasts at necpodcasts.ca. You can also find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre. Ce balado du Centre national des arts a été enregistré à Ottawa par l'équipe des nouveaux médias du CNA. Écrivez-nous à baladocna.gmail.com. Vos commentaires et vos questions sont pour nous très précieux. N'oubliez pas, consultez le site web baladocna.ca pour voir d'autres fascinants fichiers balado du CNA ou abonnez-vous gratuitement sur iTunes sous la rubrique Centre national des arts. Le Centre national des arts du Canada vous dit à la prochaine. Mmh.